when I see that video of all the kids like sitting there listening to him, how young they actually look. Two kids that stood up, I was like, yo, that kid looks like he's 16 years old. Yeah. <laughs> like, how's he in a D1 locker room right now? He's saying, hey, maybe if the NFL isn't what comes of this, maybe I can develop help develop your social media that you have this personal brand in this space from this opportunity you have right now as a part of Colorado, uh, your yeah. association with Coach Prime and things of that nature. The Dion you see in public is the Dion you see, you know, behind the scenes. Welcome, freaks. Uh, I'm doing the intros today because Dane is not on the show with us today. I got a DJ. Dane's like most trusted weightlifting confidant. Um, DJ has probably coached more people at international meets, especially on the junior level, right? Youth and junior level. And youth. has youth level youth. with no credit to his name that he did it, <laughs> probably. Probably. And little Kyle went six for six at his youth international meet. Yeah. DJ is also, I believe, uh, responsible... A large piece of responsibility, I should say, with uh, the day-to-day -day training of Nick Singleton when he was much younger, too. Yeah, I was a big part of his 6th to 10th grade training um, back when he was, you know, youth developing into that freak that he is. And I would, also, I would also comment, DJ runs downstairs the, like, sports performance side with a lot of the up-and-coming youth athletes then, too. Am I correct with that as well? Yeah, so I manage all the day-to-day -day business stuff at Garage Strength. Uh, you forgot a big mention, though. Uh -oh. and that is that I still hold the clean and clean and jerk record at the gym. You do. Clean, 207 kilos. Clean and jerk, 200. I believe there was someone who used to train at the gym. It kind of sounds like Indianapolis football team. And uh, claim they were coming for those numbers. And I don't know if they've ever got to him <laughs> oh i know who you're talking about <laughs> all right um. yeah yeah that's factual <laughs> <laughs> that's an inside oh, joke for all of us um hopefully so yeah he, uh, he, hopefully he listens to this yeah <laughs> uh so if you d haven't already like subscribe hit the notification bell or whatever it is you do to like listen to this podcast, get reminded about it, the Garage Strength Podcast. I am Earl Kunkel. Uh, as Dane says, I am three-time, soon-to-be four-time co-author of the year, um, king of the PA press, which has gone up. My number has gone up. Uh, I'm going to hold that close to the vest because I think I have another one coming that's going to surpass it. It was a Festivus What's Miracle. What's 120. A PA 120. press. 120. Yeah, kilos for all the Americans out there that don't use real numbers yeah maybe i'll have to maybe that should be my goal be earl's pa press oh dude coming for my neck coming for my <laughs> neck uh, so we're gonna be talking about uh coach prime Dion sanders um and kind of the, the impact dj is a fan i i'm i don't think i'm not a fan i'm probably more indifferent to it just because uh I always would joke around when I started playing fantasy football, like as an adult, I don't have a favorite team anymore. I'm for the labor union. <laughs> Just because it was easier to like pick players and be like, then root for a team. It just, it didn't work out well. Did not work out well. Only person on earth to say that. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta pay the them. labor union. Yeah. <laughs> the NFL players union was my favorite thing. Um, all right. Now they're so, all just, now they're just finding players all the time. Yeah, <laughs> for everything. Anytime you hit running back, lowers his head. Fine. I mean, this year is absurd, especially in the NFL. It's worse than it's ever been. It's typical football players. You're fined like ten grand. It's absurd. Yeah, just it's for crazy. playing the sport. I could not imagine doing it now. I couldn't. One, I'm not fast enough anymore. And two, <laughs> <laughs> and two, two. Like I like big hits um but you know absolutely that's what makes it special is like yeah. the big hits do you remember I understand though, protecting the players but it's the do game you, do you remember when Dion was in the league i was too young all right no. so <laughs> i was 
he was drafted the same year as Barry Sanders, I think. So I re- remember watching him on the Falcons a little bit, but I really remember him coming into his own when he was a Cowboy and then a Niner right. too, like because he was going to Super Bowls. And the knock on Dion was like he was not – he didn't like the big hits. Like if a running back came and it was him and them and like he could lower the shoulder, Dion was not happy to be taking that on. Like that was kind of the – what the media would present to you, but he was a lockdown quarter. He was a return specialist, someone who I think in the modern NFL would just be even better than what he was back in the time he played. I was just going to say that, like imagine him playing in today's NFL with how pass happy it is. Like he was getting picks for touchdowns, multiple times in one year and could you imagine him doing that now like yeah. I bet you he'd have like almost the same amount of touchdowns as some wide receivers as and a d-back the other thing that's low-key about him is he was a two-sport athlete at the professional level like he played pro baseball too yeah um, and oh. he also they would use him in offensive sets every now and then as well and mm-hmm. with the way the league is now they're not as – coaches aren't as stringent in how they use players. It's not like, oh, you're a receiver. We're going to use you as a receiver, and that's it. They're more open to be like, hey, let's do some wildcat. Hey, let's do some – like Debo San- – like they'll put him at running back. Like they have right. more fun with like the actual talent of a person. I think Dion would be in a good yeah. place now. They're not as freed as like before when there was pretty much, you know, pro-style power – was essentially like power-eye kind of football. It's like you're not going to put, you know, Dion as a running back in power eye where, no. <laughs> you know, like you can if, if he was in shotgun, you know, in a spread set and you put Dion at running back and just let him run around like I think he would have been awesome. Yeah, they do that a ton with, you know, how you were saying with Debo Samuel, they use him a lot like that. Um, the Cowboys will line up CD lamb in the backfield like mm-hmm. there's it's usually receivers, too, that you see move more frequently. And I think, dude, I, I don't know. Like, would Dion be a D-back or a receiver in today's NFL? I think he'd still be a D-back. I just think still that's D-back. where I think that's where he liked to play. I don't I don't know. I think they'd get him in on some screen game, though. Like, they'd, yeah. they'd split him out wide and, and throw a little screen to him with big bodies coming in front of him. So, um, in the office yesterday when I was there, uh, we started talking about this a little bit. You are way more knowledgeable than i am around dion and his current like coaching stuff um mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say um not a fan or i am a fan i'm probably just more indifferent to it um but i am a fan of ed o'bannon and ed o'bannon's supreme court case around what essentially got the the nil deals right the nil deals to start happening right. for the ncaa i i think whole reason why i'm a fan of the nfl players union you know like these kids are Mm -hmm. bringing in a ton of money like pay them let them like a degree is not enough i get it but i'd like to see the numbers on college athletes d1 athletes with that big money degree versus non-degree actual completion and also too like while you're there on scholarship like you do what the coach says right like you don't get to question that like because they'll pull your scholarship on you if you don't um so I like that they can like, you know, cash in, especially with the modern social media realm of like Instagram, Twitter, yeah. like that kid may come in and already have a million followers or subs and like they're making money. Like, what are you going to do for them? Um, so, yeah, DJ, and, talk and to me crazy, a little bit about Dion. Well, to go off the NIL stuff there, like the NIL, like I know a lot of people don't like it. But at the same time, like it's not affecting colleges to the extent that you think because the colleges aren't directly paying these players like companies are paying these players. So like when you have an NIL deal, it's typically the company is paying you in the NIL deal and then you can't like what they're paying you for. You can't use the school's logo and things like that in whatever you're doing for that money. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. So it's like if like, they're doing a social media post for someone that they have an NIL deal with, they can't be wearing like their team's uniform. They can't wear like their 
their jersey or anything that has a logo on through the school. So it is kind of like a separation from the school a little bit, but then you also have schools that are connected with people that are giving NIL money to these players. So like that's where the school connection is, but it's not really through the school. It's like the private entities that are connected to the school are then paying these kids. So like my tinfoil hat, I could be like, hey, alumnus who owns this business, we want this kid at said and said university. What does it look like doing a sponsored NIL deal with this kid through blah, 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 blah. Right. Which is, yeah, I'm all for like, I'm not against it. Like, hey, like I said, pay them. You know, no one. Yeah, I love that they're getting paid, but also the the colleges are still getting their money. Yeah, you know, like they're not taking that money and giving it to the athlete. That's not exactly how it works. Someone else is giving the money to the athlete, right? No. Yeah, yeah. Don't use anyone's likeness in video games unless it's like <laughs> WWE <clears throat> Raw sixty four for Nintendo sixty four, and you're creating characters like in sixty four. <laughs> dating myself a little bit there oh i love the nintendo 64 that was one of my favorites mario but yeah so (laughs) mario kart super smash bros all day every day all right with dion yeah educate me a thing with him so dion is i love dion because he is an old school hard-nosed football coach with the understanding of social media to get these kids and transfer portals to the school. All right. So So like, don't get, don't get it twisted. He's not a soft coach. Like he is a hard nosed old school football coach. You see him in the media. You see like all this like flashy social media stuff. You see him like with the interviews and everything And people might take that as like, oh, he's a diva. Like he's just, you know, doing this social media stuff and just trying to make a scene and, you know, get more attention. When real, in reality, he is a hard nosed old school football coach. Like he is without a doubt a, you know, old school philosophy. Like he's going to run you hard. What is something you've seen him do or heard of him doing that you're like, that's old school? Like, or... Is it the way he talks to his players? Is it the way like he holds them accountable that you feel is more old school? Like, and when you say old school, like what is that? Like, what's an action an old school coach does? Well, an old school coach, you know, specifically is like, uh, you know, the video that we're going to be looking at here shortly is with the numbers. You know, like during camp, he didn't have no one got a number. You had to earn a number. That's like an old school coach thing to do. That's like, that doesn't happen nowadays. You know, before it was like you had to have the tape on the, the, the helmet and then you just had a jersey, a practice jersey thing, like with no number. And that's exactly how it was back in the day. Um, so that's like one example of him using old school methods in like this new era of football with, you know, with the NIL and with these guys having personalities coming into college already. Um, I also think, you know, he demands essentially perfection from his players, you know, like he, he's going to be a guy. And the perfect example is like, if you mess up, you know, he's going to let you know, and he's going to let you have it. But then you also see clips of him on the sideline. Like after a kid, you know, makes a bad play, not a mistake, a bad play. And he's consoling him and being like, you know, like, I know you're going to get the next one, you know? So he has like both methods working for him right now. It's like, I demand this. And if you're not doing it, I'm gonna let you have it. But then it's also like, if you make a mistake, that's also okay, because I know you're going to correct it. And I love you, you know? So like he has the best of both worlds in his coaching philosophy. Yeah, there's something to be said about accountability, right? And holding people Mm -hmm. accountable to like when they do wrong. But then there's also understanding when like, hey, that kid was working his butt off there and just got outplayed and failed, right? Right. And we got to pick him up. like, Or they were in the right spot and maybe just misjudged the ball a little bit. And, you know, instead of getting a pick six, it's a touchdown the other way. And it's like, all right, I got to pick you up there. I I could see what you were doing here. 
No, I get that. Um, you were talking about a video. You want to go ahead and should we watch that quick and do a little reaction to it? Absolutely. Oh, man. This is going to be fun. Everyone, I'm going to warn you, we sampled this video prior. The sound is a little, uh, it's harsh. It, loud. The, the audio. Loud. So. Ready? Yep. Station, station, we run. Quarterback. That's an old school method. You run. You're on the field, you run. If the ball is incomplete in routes versus air and you're the cause, you go get it. <laughs> old school. <laughs> old school. Whatever you say, leave the darn ball right there. They go get it. You got it, that's on you. But if they throw a garbage pass in routes versus air when it ain't no defender and they can't complete a pass, see that's an old school it. thing right there. Yeah. Uh, that's brutal. If you want a number, you got to earn it. The reason we're here is because we ask you for the numbers that you desire, and a lot of you guys was desiring numbers that ain't you. What I mean by that. Uh, alignment is not wearing a six digit. <laughs> but he's honest yeah. with you. He's honest and with if you. You ain't know? that guy. You're not wearing a single digit. Back in the day when uh, we came up, the single digit was that guy, right? It was him. It, it was it was who he was. How can you ask for number one and you ain't the yeah. one? That's new, right? You can't. They... Okay. And second of all, ain't nobody gonna work the number the quarterback. I don't care if it's my son. I don't care who it is. Whoever the starting quarterback is, nobody's wearing a duplicate number. That don't happen. Nowhere. It's not going to happen here. Uh, we only have eight single digits because two is gone, and I give out one. So two is gone, and he gives out one. zero, that would never happen because that means you're nothing. So that's, <laughs> I don't understand. I like how one, though, has like that, that sort of like crown to it. Yeah. Uh, so that's eight, seven of those numbers, and we will assign those. Or you work your butt off, we get it. But forget one, forget zero, forget two. So you do the mathematics and, and see what's left. You earn it. Earn it. For example, if this guy wants this number, stand up. What number you want? Stand up. Surprised you didn't name him there. Yeah. What number you want? Uh, zero. <laughs> <laughs> forty-five. So who else wants forty-five? Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Who else wants forty-five? That means you got to be better than him. Simple. Man, you're not just okay. playing for the position; See, you're playing yeah, for the yeah, number yeah. now too. It's yeah. like and playing for like, your identity. Exactly, and that's you know exactly what, um, you know, being an old school guy of like you need to earn everything that you have, but then it's also like yeah, you're gonna have an opportunity to earn it if you're better than this guy that also wants it. Yeah, you know, like I love that whole aspect and then the the qb with the ball is is amazing <laughs> yeah if you throw a bad ball you're going to get the ball like, yeah that's against awesome. air if it's wide receiver versus air and your pass is garbage you're gonna go retrieve that garbage and like i don't know you ever throw a football especially at that level like their arms are so strong like that's a yeah. 40 yards down and back even if it's like a a five yard out oh yeah like <laughs> Yeah, you're throwing that. It's like skipping across, especially with turf too, because everybody's on turf. So like turf, when that football hits, it skips. You know that thing goes. So that's not a it's not a five yard out five or ten yard run to the sideline, then bring the ball back. You're going you're going at least like twenty yards to go pick up that ball. <laughs> Man, um, that's pretty intense too. Uh, no one like this is one thing I think as I've aged too. When I see that video of all the kids like sitting there listening to them, how young they actually look. Yeah, I was thinking that too. The two kids that stood up, I was like, yo, that kid looks like he's 16 years old. Yeah. <laughs> like, how's he in a D1 locker room right now? Here at Garage Strength, we always preach the importance of nutrition and a healthy diet to create a strong, fueled athlete. That's why we're happy to work with today's sponsor, Range Meal Bars. Range Meal Bars can act as meal replacements if you're on the go or packing up for long hikes in the woods. Each Range Bar is barely bigger than a deck of cards, but packs 700 calories each. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of calories. Like, you could go trekking for minutes and not just A minutes, long like trek. Hours. hours. That could even get you through the desert. 
<laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> Range bars use all natural, high quality ingredients like honey, molasses, nut butters, and chia. Not brown rice syrup and soy protein isolate like many of the other bars available and are certified gluten free. Being perfectly honest, we've been trying these for a few weeks now, and our employees love them and are smashing them so much so that some of the employees eat them all when I come home and I can't try them. <laughs> That's accurate. We finished our first two boxes in a week. I didn't have any of them until the next round came in, and we had to keep them away hidden in our closet for podcasting. Literally, Range Meal Bars is offering a killer 20% off deal for listeners of the Garage Strength Podcast. Just apply the discount code Garage Strength. That's a capital G and a capital S there at checkout. Thanks, Range, for sponsoring our podcast. Now, let's get back to the episode. Another thing with Coach Prime you were educating me on yesterday was around the portal. I'm kind of... The transfer yeah. portal. I don't quite yeah. have a full understanding of it. Um, you want to talk about that a little bit, like he, what it is first, and then what he's doing with it that you find like engaging, intriguing, like beneficial. Like this is awesome, right? So essentially, the transfer portal. Um, you know, if you're at a school and you're disgruntled, or you know, that's what a lot of these kids are that are entering the transfer portal. When you enter the transfer portal, it allows other coaches to talk to you. That's essentially all it does. You know, it doesn't do anything else. It doesn't mean you can't go back to the school that you're that you're currently at. You know, it doesn't it's no risk to the athlete at that point outside of if you go into the transfer portal, the team might not want you back that you're trying to leave from. But it doesn't mean that you're leaving. Uh, so the transfer portal just allows you to be able to talk to other coaches to see if somewhere else is a better fit for you. And with Coach Prime, what he's done in the transfer portal is, and this is just obviously just my opinion, but based on what I know, I feel like he is the best at the transfer portal out of anybody else. Like he literally brought his almost his entire Jacksonville State team to Colorado with him, like through the transfer portal. Um, right now in the off season, like I feel like he targets the transfer portal more than any other coach. Um, he, it's not only that you, you might've had an eye on a kid when he comes out of school. Right. And then, you know, he goes and plays and maybe he didn't play as good as he could have, but you still had like your eye on him as he's in there. And as soon as he hops in the transfer portal, like Dion Sanders, I feel like hops on those guys right away. Like he's like, I want you to come here. Um, so he stays in, I feel like he stays in tune of who's he, who he like recruited prior. And then he also just, I feel like he recruits the transfer portal more than any other coach. I feel he like, he's all in on the transfer portal and, and with his, you know, so this is the other aspect of Dion is that I love about him is that he's a family guy. Like, his son, Deion Sanders Jr., does all of Colorado's social media. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, he creates videos. He posts for them. Like, he has his own company, and I'm pretty sure that he's, like, contracted out from Colorado. He's not a Colorado employee, I don't believe. Um, but his his son does all this stuff. So, you know, their social media is awesome. Like, Colorado football's social media is great. Um, you get behind-the-scenes footage because it's obviously Deion's son. He can be in the locker room and everything. You get you know, interview footage, you get behind the scenes with the players stuff. You see the players practicing sometimes. Um, so you get a lot of behind the scenes stuff from, from Colorado that you don't get with other schools. And, you know, that's a big aspect is like he has his family also working with him at the school. So that's another cool thing that I believe in. And the social media is awesome, which then, okay, social media is obviously a huge aspect of, you know, becoming a or being a football player at this point with the NIL deals and everything like that. So, you know, you have good social media that's going to attract more kids to your program than anyway. So yep. it's personal. Like, I love that too. whole aspect. Yeah. And, right. And, and he, that's the other part is like Deion Sanders jr. His son, he'll do like personal branding with the athletes as well. You yeah, know, we, like he'll run other, other guys, social medias. Oh, wow. That that's neat too. So like he's saying, Hey, Maybe if the NFL isn't what comes of this, 
maybe I can develop help develop your social media that you have this personal brand in this space from this opportunity you have right now as a part of Colorado, uh, your yeah. association with Coach Prime and things of that nature. That's cool. Um, when you initially said like how they use social media, I thought it was like a perpetual hard docs. Like, yeah, could, I mean, well, have have you seen the the Prime video? On Amazon, Coach Prime. Yeah, I, yeah. I watched a Barry Sanders one. I haven't watched a Coach Prime one yet. I haven't watched the whole thing yet, but that's like I'm pretty sure that Deion Sanders' son like was a part of that production. Okay, and like you get a ton of behind the scenes stuff in that documentary. Yeah, like, but the the great thing about it is like the Dion you see in public is the Dion you see, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah, in private, He's the same guy all the time. He, it's very authentic who you get there. It's not like an act. It's not like, yeah. uh, for, and I as, think that attracts guys too. Yeah. As much as he has always been someone invested in image, like he was prime time. Mm-hmm. Like when he got drafted, like gold chains, like he yeah. looked amazing, right? Like he had himself dressed up to the nines. Like he represented himself, how he wanted to be seen, like expensive, like, you know, awesome type of thing. <laughs> that that just reminds me of the video of him when he came back to Atlanta at, when he was playing with the Cowboys and he was like, this is still my house after the game <laughs> interview because he had a pick six in there. I think he was with the Cowboys. Maybe he was with the 49. I can't remember who he was playing for at the time, but he, he went to Atlanta and had a pick six and he's like, this is still my house. Yeah, and like, he, would dance, awesome. <laughs> he would dance when he would score. He'd start high-stepping on his way into the end zone and everything. Like a lot of like things. 20 that, yards out. Yeah. Well, when you're that fast and no one can catch you, you can start doing things like that. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's neat to see that that authenticity has carried through. Like, and he's someone who totally understands the game because before he was even coaching, he was, do, he was working television, right? Like he would right. do this, this sort of like analysis. I think even more, was it for NFL, like the NFL channel he did it for, or was it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Like it's sure. It's definitely an intelligent guy who has like understands image and like what you project out to the world. Yeah. And I don't know. He, like you said, there's an authenticity to it. Like there, it doesn't change from the camera to off the camera. Like you get the very, same. Very. Like example, um, <clears throat> when he got hired at Colorado. Now this, a lot of people hated him for this. Is um, when he had the first team meeting after he was hired. He essentially told all those kids, go to the transfer portal. Like he's like, he was pretty much like, you guys aren't my guys. Go to the transfer portal. He pretty much told all those kids that were on the team from the year prior. Which, okay, like maybe that seems like, all right, he's a jerk for doing that. But at the same time, like I would rather be told as a former player, like I would rather be told, not in the NFL, as a former player, of college football, I would have rather been told like, Hey man, like you're not my guy. And you know, you're not just going to fit into our scheme. Like I think you should probably go find another place to live. Like instead of being like, you know, yeah, we'll try and get you on the field, blah, blah, blah. You know? And then you're sitting the bench for three years. Like that would suck. Yeah. I would rather somebody be blunt and honest with me up front and then not waste my time or his time. And then I can go into a different direction. Like I think, him doing that was awesome. It might have seemed very, you know, mean or whatever you want to however Crass. you want to say it. That yeah, <laughs> to those guys. But in reality, like that's the best thing he could have done was like just tell those guys straight out like you're not in the plans for the future. Go find a new home. It sucks, but at the same time, he's not wasting your time. Like, he could have sat there and been like, you know, hey, yeah, all you guys are going to get, you know, your fair shot when in reality he's bringing in all these new guys that he knows is already going to play. Yeah. Just like, so I think that was a great thing to do. I agree with that. I'm all for that. Hey, he took a lot of heat for that because that was on. It it creates a That was videoed. It was videoed and everything. And everybody was like, oh my God. Yeah. But that creates a news cycle, you know, like whatever, like people have forgot about it already. Those players are somewhere else playing or as soon as they won like three games in a row to start the season, they were like, who cares about that? But it's like that goes back to authenticity is like, that's him. He's going to tell you he's going to be blunt with you. He's going to tell you exactly what he thinks. 
Yeah, and how he's going to do it. DJ, I think yeah. it's off to your left as I'm looking. You, did you eat lunch today? I did, did eat lunch today. You did? All right. Then you probably don't need a range bar there, which is – have you – look at – pick one of those up and look at the amount of calories Dude, in one of those things. These things are hosses. These things are huge. Yeah. When we initially got these, I thought that it was a protein bar. <laughs> calories. Like – you can walk all day with a range 700 bar. calories. Right? You eat three of those, and it's yes. like you're you're good for a day. Maybe four. That would be like all your meal. Yeah. All your caloric intake you need with the range bars. Um, and they are pretty good. I did have the, the coffee tasty. one, I believe it was, and it was pretty tasty. Yeah. Oh, nice. It was Man. perfect for breakfast because I don't eat breakfast. I just drink coffee. <laughs> So range a range bars. range bar breakfast or a nice long hike or if you have a killer like cardio session going on like Dane going for his ten mile plus runs. Yeah, you can eat it while you're on the run. Yeah. Um do you wanna go to the freak of the week? You wanna look at that? Heck yeah. Alright, let's get this up. This is um Fred F on our Discord server. If you haven't joined our Discord, go ahead and do that. Join our subreddit. Um Fred I F believe. He com- a peak strength app user. Yeah, I, I do believe that based off other conversations that went on between him and another user. Um, it says, Fred f- felt pretty good in the gym yesterday, went for and hit uh, this clean. It is, I think that's 300 pounds on there. Now get this. It, previous max was 250 for a triple, and this is 300 Peak strength app user. That's a, what, 20% improvement in max effort capability? That is gigantic. Huge. Huge. All right. Let's watch this. I'm going to let you comment on it because you got that coach's eye. Um, let's see what let's happens. Check out this 300-pounder. Uh, You gotta scream? I'll take that. <laughs> you got a woo. Yo, that's pretty good. Got a belt. So you got the belt on. He's tight back. Okay, that's a good there. He's, he's over the, the bar pretty back good right too. Off the floor. He's pretty good. I think his butt might have shot up a little bit quick, but so that's this is the biggest thing that I saw with it initially. Was right. Ah. Oh. Trying to get it on the. You're talking ground. about the knees and the reciprocation. Like right here, yeah, like right here, the knees should start to come through because the bar is about to pass. So they come through a little late. So like this should be a little bit more forward as it passed before you get into that vertical extension. His back's staying tight, a little bent in the arms, but I don't. I think that's fine. Again, I don't know what his dimensions are, how tall he is, or how long his arms are. Sometimes it's a necessity to bend a little bit depending on how long your arms are. But, I mean, finish is legit. Got a little up there, too. Curious what uh what Fred's front squat is. He got a... You thinking this is close? His front squat's not much higher than that clean? Or you think it... Uh, it's or... hard to say. I mean, if this is a 300-pound clean, like, I bet he could probably do 315 for... Yeah, you know, probably two reps, I would the, think. When he stands it up, it's consistent speed wise. It doesn't slow down at all. Like he never stalls out. No. Let's watch it one more time. Is there a little double bounce in there too? No, no double bounce there. Pretty legit. I like the the hang out. Well, Fred F, you are. The freak of the week. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right, DJ. That's legit. Since you are the stand-in for Dane today, you're the representation, you get to do the overrated, underrated. Ooh, so, I, I've, I've seen this. So um, I'm excited. This is a special overrated, underrated, all right? I wasn't even prepped for this. Yeah. No one told me about this. All right. You ready for this? First one, overrated, underrated. Ready. Instagram. Uh, overrated. 
Uh-oh, why is it overrated? Overrated. Uh, just because I like Twitter more, or X. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I'm a big, when I go on social media, I'm a big, like, informational guy. I'm not a big, like, catch-up life kind of guy on things. So, I guess Instagram is more, you know, the pictures and kind of thing like that. Twitter, I like to, like, you know, hit my uh, Philadelphia Eagles reporters and and see what's going (laughs) on with the Eagles and, you know, updates in the sports world. I got some Philly on today. I got some Philadelphia (laughs) on today. Heck, yeah. Is that an Embiid jersey? He's crushing it right now. Heck, yeah. Oh, man. All right. Embiid, baby. You ready for the second one? Overrated. Overrated, underrated. Twitter, X. (laughs) Underrated. (laughs) 1,000% underrated Man. that's the other thing is like i i love twitter for local for okay. local news like I, I love to follow the local sports writers around here in berks county um you know see they they post a lot when they're at games and giving game updates and scores and everything and like that's why i i think twitter is so much better than uh than instagram or x i should say all right last one overrated underrated Spotify. Ooh. Ah, man. Ah, is there like a perfectly rated? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that works. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go underrated and it's not because they did this whole like year end kind of wrap up thing and everybody was posting their like, top listen to and all that stuff all that stuff's great but i think that their playlists are just more in tune of what you listen to than other other apps you know like we've used other apps me and my wife and you get the same songs in the same order every single time and i feel like spotify is good at switching that stuff up yeah so that's why i would say it's underrated i hear you there um all right, the other part of the overrated, underrated is the either or. So you have to decide either one or. or the other. So um, all of these, if you noticed, are kind of in the theme with Coach Prime. <laughs> um, yeah. So oh, yeah. here's here's our either or. NC- Better not say Twitter and Instagram because I'm saying Twitter. No. <laughs> <laughs> NCAA or developmental leagues farm systems like the G League, minor league baseball, or sort of how the European sport develop players and they're like premier and like under leagues ncaa or the developmental leagues yeah the farm systems Ooh, dang i don't know i feel like that's per sport you know with like no 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 you have to choose one i know i know i know i know (laughs) I'd say um, (coughs) developmental leagues. Oh. I'm going with developmental leagues. I think someone else is becoming a players' union person too now. Well, I just think, you know, better competition breeds better athletes. You know, NCAA, you know, you might play a joke team one week and blow them out by 60. You know, the developmental leagues, yeah, you might win by a lot sometimes, but it's still – top tier competition you know yeah um so that'd be my argument is you know you can develop better as an athlete like i love the the nba like g league and stuff like i think that's great dude i love that that the usfl and the xfl combined into basically a developmental league for the nfl like think about those guys that from the usfl and the xfl that are now in the nfl because they played in that league if that league did not exist they would not have a job in the nfl pj walker quarterback from temple what was not on an nfl roster went to the usfl for the the houston roughnecks i believe it was won the league mvp then went to the NFL. I believe it might have been Carolina was his first stop. I can't remember who his first stop was, but then eventually like started a couple of games because of injuries, won a couple of games. He just played for the Browns this past year. He started a couple of games for the Browns. Like that he would not have had an NFL career without that league. So like I think developmental leagues are are very valuable because of that. Like nice. they give those athletes chances. All right. Last part of the 
today's segment. Uh, we got some uh, audience questions. So our first oh, wow, audience, okay. I think both of these are from the Discord too. Uh, we got Liquidarity, uh, frequent colla- uh, contributor to our Discord, very yep. big part of our community. Um, I've how actually should, heard of this one. Yeah. How should athletes think about New Year's resolutions and goal setting for their fitness? Is there a process that Garage Strength uses or recommends? For New Year's goals and resolutions. Yes. Yeah. Start them before the New Year. <laughs> um, you want to talk a little bit more about <laughs> what you do around goals too? Because I know there's like goal sheets like hanging up on the walls with athletes and, you right. know, clients. Um, give a little so insight for- into that. Yes, for our on-site aspects, so we do testing on-site every 13 weeks. Um, now, that's the testing that we have as mandatory testing. These are the weeks that we're testing everybody. Now, there will be other tests that happen depending on what time you came into the gym. So typically, you know, we would want to test an athlete essentially when they first come into the gym. And then we would want to test the athlete during training within those first four weeks to show that progress and what we're doing is working. But then after that, you're going to get into that 13-week cycle. Um, within the 13-week cycle, that's when we test you on six movements that are based on your sport and position. Uh, we also have a testing structure outline. So the testing structure outline states what we view as an average weight range, a good, an elite, and then a freak range of weights. So there you can look at the testing numbers that you had. You can compare it to the testing ranges that we have per the testing um, exercise that we're doing. And then based on that is when we can create the goals to then say, okay, we're going to work on this weakness right now because we're, cl- we're so far out from the season. Let's work on some weaknesses. As we get closer to the season, it's about refining the strengths, not necessarily working on the weaknesses as much. Like that shouldn't be the goal of the, of the program or your goal leading into it. Um, so for example, you know, say you're clean as a football player, as a linebacker is like 275 for us, 275 as a, as a linebacker. So the columns are average, then there's good, elite, freak. 275 for linebacker, you're going to be in probably the good category. You're not and going the, to be in the elite or the freak category. These are high school kids too, right? Are yeah. these college, yep. high school age kids? College and high school. Okay. I would say college and high school, yeah. So you'd be in like that good range and then, okay, depending on the sport, so you're a, college, you're a football player, linebacker, your clean obviously needs to be in the elite or the freak level. So we're going to put an emphasis and a goal for you that you have to get into that next tier. So for the tier to go from good to elite, I believe for a football linebacker is that 300 pound mark. Once you hit that 300 pound mark, then you're in the, the elite. Just like our, of the just like our guy, Fred F today, right? <clears throat> if you, if he plays Heck linebacker, yeah. Heck yeah. got the elite. All right. Um, next question. Fry I know that really didn't answer the New Year's stuff, though. Yeah, you did. Start it before. Like, <laughs> like there's, there's no time like now, basically, is what you said, you know? Yeah, don't wait for the New Year to start a new habit. Start yeah. it. When you get the idea, start it. When you get the idea and have a plan, start it. Because if you don't, if you wait to the New Year, it's too easy to be like, oh, I didn't get around to it this week. I'm going to push it off another week. And then next yeah. thing you know, you're in 2025 and you didn't start it. It's like I was reading on Twitter because I'm a Twitter person over all other social media as well. Someone put a – what were they talking about? Oh, they were talking about like Christmas gifts. And they were like – my wife was asking me for something for Christmas. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm an adult. When I want something, I buy what I want. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Exactly. And it's like – that was my same reaction. It's like, hey, if I want something, I guess I should wait for my birthday. No, I'm not a child anymore. I have my own finances. Yeah, let's uh, let's it. make this happen. Um, <laughs> we got one more question. Um, this is from Fried Rice Boy. Um, are there benefits to back, yeah, to back squat walkouts above your 1RM? And when is the best phase time to program them in? So basically, Back squat walkouts above your 1 rep max. Yeah. Hmm. Are there benefits to it? And if you were to use it, when would you program it? I mean, uh, I have never programmed for an athlete in my life 
back squat walkouts. From a sports performance perspective, I would not see a benefit. Um, just for the simple fact is what does that correlate to, to your sport? Like you're not standing anywhere in any sport holding 600 pounds on your back, you know, strong man. Um, I don't think it's, <laughs> it's one sport strong man. Yeah. Okay. It's, okay. It's, you got me. It's you a got carry. me. It's a yoke That's carry. facts. Okay. Yeah. But use a freaking yoke carry then and load it up with 600 pounds of right. walk across right. the turf. Like, I no don't think there's a need sports to do are that. really using it. There's not an open field sport out there that's using something like that. Right. Right. I mean, we have done things for Olympic lifting with front squat now. So like front squat holds, but it would typically be after a front squat set. So for example, something that Dane experimented with me on when I was an Olympic lifter, he had this complex that was absolutely horrible and it was a front squat complex. It was three reps. First rep, you go down, you pause in the hole for two seconds and you come up fast. As soon as you come up, you go right into the next two reps, but that's not the end of the complex. Yeah. Then after you stand up, after you stand up with the third rep, you would have to hold it in a perfect front front squat rack position for 10 seconds before you could rack the bar. I remember that. And that was miserable. The first time I did it, I did 150 kilos and I was like shaking and thought I was going to black out. Like I was dying during it. And, and I wound up, you know, like I think the eighth week I got up to like 182 for it. And, and, but I will say that the month after we stopped that program is the strongest my cleans felt in the catch. Okay. It did help with my core stability. I will say that. I do and, think it did help. And but a front squat makes sense because it's it's relatable to Olympic lifts, you know? And and there's also um, carryover with to the specific sport, right? Like after you hit a clean, right. that bar is right. gonna sit on your chest for a little bit before you go and take the jerk. Like there's right. and yeah, it's it's more about the posture than like the strength aspect of it and the core stability. Yeah, and so, everyone remember this is a guy walkouts? who no go. That what? <laughs> I was gonna say this is a guy who clean and jerk two hundred two hundred kilos <laughs> multiple times. Like, yes, I remember. When, <laughs> was it was it at John at John's at the one mobility doc one when you did it for the mobility first time doc, in comp? Mobility doc was the first time I ever clean and jerk two. That was the first time I cleaned two hundred kilos. Yeah. I clarked which a Clark is when you pull the bar, but you don't even attempt to go under it. I Clarked 200 kilos at least three, probably five times before I had the meet at John's where I hit it. And the funny thing about that one is that, do you remember it? People went off. I remember when you took it, Dane had one of his monumental leaps too. (laughs) Yes. I opened at 185 kilos and I hit it. And then my second attempt, we just let the time run out. And then I took 200 on my third because I was following myself. So I wanted that extra time. So I just scratched my second one and just let the time run out so I could get more time to go for the 200. Did you take 92 in the back or something? No, I sat there. Did you pull anything? Like, No, I needed the rest, dude. But in my head, so going into that meet, like after I hit 85, I knew we were going 200. And in my head, I was either going to hit it that day or I was going to break my wrist. Like I was going under that bar no matter what. It did not matter. I was either getting hurt or I was hitting that lift. DJ, do you remember? (laughs) That was just the mindset that I had going into that. Do you remember coaching me down at that one meet in Philly, the like American Open one? Yeah, the uh, was that was that an AO? Yeah, it, it was, was an AO meet. It was one of the AO ones. It wasn't like the big one. It was like it one was of a the, series. Yeah, and I remember yeah, down in like Exton or whatever. Yeah, and Haley and Jake are loading my plates, and they're both like junior world team members <laughs> at that time. <laughs> and here I am, and like I remember this. You're coaching me and stuff. And you're, you're talking to me about, like, what I wanted to snatch. I'm like, I just need something to get going right away. So we went 110 was my opening. And then I'm like, I 
I did 120, but before I did the 120 in the second attempt, you had me, I, I was doing pulls. And I did the 120 pull and hit myself in the chin. And you're like, holy shit, like, you're going to be fine. And then after that one, you're like, what's the best you've ever done? I was like, in training, 125. You're like, all right, we're going to do 126. And <laughs> I was like, all right, I hit yeah. it. And then I ended up going you out. hit your clean. first two. So you got the third one. You're going for a PR then. And then I go clean and jerk. And I just pr- they call me for a press out. Boo, boo. And I was like, am I going to just like bomb out all of a sudden out of this? Because like I was ready to like go for a PR attempt in the clean and jerk too. Yeah. No. Yeah, I do remember that. I was just thinking because look what I found. Look what was sitting back here. My what banner. That? My banner I should get. This is what masters the national rec- masters that, national record yeah they sent me this look they even have masters weightlifting on it it's a when did they send you that when i did it back in march 31st 2019 at salt lake city utah at What's national the masters 123 123 kilos yeah snatch i have that one on video i mean too. that's still a big snatch that's a big snatch that was for i was old too i'm not young like you guys I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Not like you. You were snatching I mean, what, 160? A... What is your best snatch? No, I never snatched 160. 155? 157. No brush. No brush. 157. You were better no, no. contact. <laughs> yeah, because I used my upper body then. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how to use my upper body when the bar came off my hip in a snatch. Hi. And I couldn't catch anything. 157 was my best. It was oh, a training. Wow. Training. It's training still, snatch. That's still a lot of weight. Yeah. Never on the never on the national stage, Joe. Oh man. I think my best national snatch is like one forty seven. Just horrible. Yeah, whatever. But I also opened that clean and jerk at one ninety (laughs) six. Opened. Opened. That's insane. What's your my last attempt in the back? My last attempt in the back was one eighty. And I went (laughs) and took one ninety six on the platform. Uh best clean two oh seven. Damn. I did 207 in training. I cleaned 205 at one of the AO finals when I was going against Damron, Nathan Damron. Which shout out, he'll probably be in the Olympics next year. So Nathan Damron, he's a beast. Oh, he's now awesome. an 89 kilo lifter. Yeah, had to, crazy. Had to thin out. All right. Do you want to do Dane's uh, piece? You want to do the? No, you got it. You I, got it. I say you're, you're the peace guy. I, I do the later. <laughs> That's me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm later. All right, everybody, we're out. Peace. Later. Remember, cultivate your power. <laughs> peace. <laughs> later. <laughs>